Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I'm so happy that you are here today, and I want to invite you to grab your Bibles and join me as we study from Psalm 37, verse 23. Today we're going to talk about the path of wisdom. Praise God. Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we thank you that your word brings light and understanding. And we just ask today, O oh God, that the light be turned on to full illumination. Thank you, Father, for walking us out of any difficult situation through your wisdom. Now we give you praise. We thank you that your wisdom is producing great exploits and proofs and marvelous things in our life. We bless you in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen. Praise God. Psalm 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Now, when it says that the steps of a good man, or of course, a good woman, the word man referring to mankind, those that are in God, walking with God, the steps of a good man are ordered. There in the Hebrew, the word ordered means to direct, and it's often used in reference to a weapon, and it would refer to directing and aiming the weapon such as an arrow. So I want you to see your life being directed or shot forth by the Lord as an arrow with a target and a direct path that you are supposed to take. The steps of a good man are ordered. They're directed. There's an intentional aim and target by the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. There is an order, and it's very important to stay in that order, that path of God. It's not something that's just automatically carried out. For example, you can have in advance a ticket to fly on an airplane, and you save that ticket to your phone, or perhaps you have a paper ticket, and it's printed out, and you've got your ticket with you. But you don't really get to where you're supposed to go until you get to the airport, and preferably you get there somewhat early, and you get on the plane, and you take your seat, praise God, and then you're on your way. But if you miss your flight, then it's just not going to work out right. So you're going to have to do your part. You're going to have to take those steps that God has ordered for you, and I believe that you are on your way to doing what God has assigned for your destiny. Praise God. You're going to get it done through the wisdom of God. It, it is possible to make certain mistakes. I believe God has baked into the equation of a life experience room for mistakes, room for learning, room for growth. And at the same time, we certainly don't want to do something direct uh, that would be directly wrong when we know it's wrong, that would cause uh, there to be potential problems. Uh, 
concerning us reaching the finish line that God has established for us. Now, we have the story in the Bible of Jonah, the prophet, and God laid out steps, ordered a path for him, even unveiled it, revealed it to him. Hey, Jonah, this is what you're supposed to do. And it could not have been more direct. It could not have been more transparent. But yet, Jonah went the opposite direction. We see that, of course, in the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh. How about that? Directions uh, of where you're supposed to go, even the very city. How about that for specifics? Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found the ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare. That's a very important statement there. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. It's very important that as you come into the prosperity that God has planned for you, and you, you have extra, perhaps, quite a bit of extra, because I believe that's what God's prosperity plan includes. It includes not just a little bit extra, so you know, uh, you, you could get an extra pack of ramen noodles. No, uh, we're talking about abundance. We're talking about a considerable amount of overflow. But you have to stay on the path that God has for you. Stay on those steps and having extra for some Christians that are not stable in their walk with the Lord, even if they're called to be a prophet, uh, can, it can present problems, particularly when you hit these areas of overflow. Uh, notice that Jonah obviously had the extra money to go buy his own ticket. So God tells him exactly the path, the steps that he's supposed to take, and he goes because he has financial independence and does the exact opposite. So you have to be very careful. You can't say, well, now that I've got money, I can do whatever I want to do. I, I've got some freedom now from all of these uh, constraints that God has placed upon me. No, uh, your life still belongs to the Lord, and there is a path. There is a purpose for prosperity, and you have to stay on target. You have to stay on that path. Mm, thank you, Jesus. We see a great example with King Rehoboam. This is in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 12. And uh, this is, a, of course, an amazing story. King Rehoboam was Solomon's son. But although he was Solomon's son, his mother was an Ammonitess. And that was the real downfall of Solomon. Now, Solomon fell away from the Lord, but he did come back. He repented and came back to the Lord but he could have avoided all the trouble that he went through. And of course, the, the great repercussions of his sin, which was eventually through his son, the kingdom splitting in half, a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. And these foreign women that Solomon had married, they were idol worshipers. And that presented a problem 
And here we have the son, Rehoboam, and he just, he did not have that walk with God like his grandfather David did. And so he's going to make a mistake. We see it in 2 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 1. Now it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself that he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel along with him. Well, now that he's the king, and it looks like there's no foreign threats, at least none, of course, that could topple the strength that they have, and there's plenty of money, and everything's going good, what did he do? He forsook the law of the Lord. And because he's the king, and he's a leader, and remember, when you're a leader, you have influence. That's why uh, things are different for leaders. Why? Because you influence many other people. So there's a greater responsibility. And when he forsook the Lord and the law of God, well, the whole nation just decided to go along with him. And so uh, not a good thing. So I want to encourage you that wisdom maintains that walk with God, even, uh, yes, through difficult times, but especially during times of prosperity, because it reads like a broken record throughout the Old Testament that whenever the people of God became strong and prospered, then they would begin to drift and eventually fall away from the Lord. And then it would repeat itself over and over again. Here comes an invading army, and they conquer uh, the people of Israel, and they suppress them, and subjugate them, and frustrate them, and uh, torment them, and eventually the Israelites cry out to God. They repent of all of their, you know, idolatry, and uh, their rebellion, and then God sends a deliverer, and they're set free, and then they begin to uh, increase and prosper again, and the whole thing repeats over, and over, and over, and over. So, you must not just use the wisdom of God to ascend and to reach a place of blessing, but you must walk in the wisdom of God perpetually, ongoing, because there is more to come that God has for you, uh, especially far beyond these things that we would call just physical or temporal type blessings. Praise God. So, the wisdom path, the steps Though that and they're ordered. You walk them out day by day, one day at a time, taking the next step. And that wisdom reveals to you the right way to go. It reveals to you the necessary steps that you need to make. And this wisdom that comes from God is something really that generates solutions to problems that not even the human mind can solve. But God will give the, these solutions to you, and they will bring you out of any troubling or difficult situation that you might find yourself in, even in this current state. Praise God. That's what the wisdom of God will do. Now, this wisdom of God and this wisdom path it's not a path of common sense. Although, yes, you want to exercise common sense, and th that is a part of it, but it's only a small part of it. 
It's really, this wisdom of God really is what we would call scriptural sense. Stop and think about it for a moment. There's plenty of people in the world that the world system or or the peoples of the world would look at certain individuals and say they are the epitome of success or they are the classic example of wisdom and maybe they're good at investing maybe they're good at making lots of money perhaps they're even uh within the uh the financial status of being classified as a billionaire or a multi-billionaire but let us ask ourselves the honest question How much wisdom can you really have when you have heard the gospel message that presents to you a solution for your sin problem and offers to you eternal life through faith in Christ, and you reject it, and you continue on the path of spiritual darkness that leads to eternal damnation and separation from God? Now, how smart is a person really who has rejected God and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're not talking about wisdom being something that's common sense, because there's plenty of people that have common sense, but we're talking about the wisdom of God that is based on scriptural sense. Woo! Praise God! Because if you have success in life from the natural point of having health or finances, but only for this lifetime, which is so brief and short for many, somewhere in their 70s. Some make it to their 80s. Most don't get past the 80s, but the few that would attain to their 90s, it's still so short and brief. And then at death, you enter into eternity. Oh my goodness, make the wisest decision you could ever make by asking Christ into your heart, and then living for Him, and continuing to walk in His wisdom that is expressed and found in His Word. Praise God. Now, let's go to the book of James, James chapter 1. Very encouraging chapter. Praise the Lord. For those of us that need wisdom, that can see the great value of God's wisdom, and are seeking after it. Praise God. James chapter 1 verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let me say this. It is very much possible to ask God for wisdom, and then believe by faith that you receive it, that He's giving it to you. And within an hour, it's already, it's already flowing. Now, I believe so often when we ask God for wisdom, yes, we could ask for His general wisdom, general counsel. But I think where we really need it is in specific areas. Maybe we have a choice to make. Maybe we have a problem we can't solve. Maybe we have a difficulty that we uh, seem not to be able to overcome. I believe that in those specific areas, we can ask for specific wisdom pertaining to those things, and that's where it will begin to flow. And it can flow like warm oil that starts to touch your mind 
and your understanding and you catch illumination. Where did that illumination come from? It came from the Holy Spirit quickening your understanding. And then one of the things about God's wisdom as it's applied to these difficulties is that the first thing, usually, that wisdom will reveal to you is that the problem is not as gigantic as you think it is, because the wisdom often involves steps. And God will show you how, while it may look large, step by step, this is how you walk out of it, usually with the smaller step that deals with the smaller element of that problem, but it starts to break down real quick. And then suddenly you see, Lord, not only uh, can this thing be moved, it can be moved quicker and easier than I thought because I never saw it from this angle before. So when that wisdom comes in, it really begins to work. And that wisdom can come within minutes of you asking God, and He'll pour it on. He'll give it to you liberally. And of course, there is a condition, verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So when you ask God for wisdom, uh, don't go by feelings. Don't go by like, uh, you know, like some kind of external sensation or something like that. Just believe that he's giving it to you. Believe that it's coming and it will come to you. It can come to you individually by God ministering directly to you. And it could come to you through another person that maybe says something or perhaps even offers something, which is exactly what you've been looking for. I remember uh, going back years ago, my wife and I had just gotten married and we both knew that God had ministry for us. And, you know, at that time, uh, I was starting the ministry. And of course, if you're serious about your ministry, you want to jump through the legal hoops and you want to get it incorporated uh, with the state and with the federal government. And so I just thought, Lord, I need to get my ministry incorporated. I need to get a website up and I've got to, I got to, I have to take care of the basics. But I said, Lord, I'm not really sure how to incorporate my ministry. And back at that time, there was, of course, the internet, but th- there was no Google and there was no uh, searching in a sense where you had access to a lot of the information that we have available today. Now, today, if there's anything you want to know or find out, you can pretty much go on the internet and do a search and you're going to pull up uh, some good answers. But back then, uh, it wasn't as readily available. And I said, I said, Father, I said, in Jesus' name, I need help getting um, incorporated and getting the bylaws and getting the constitution of the ministry, get all that stuff set up. And uh, now back then you could send it off to some company and they would do it for thousands of dollars, but I didn't really have a couple extra thousand dollars sitting around. So I thought, Lord, it would be good for me to learn how to do it anyhow and learn the, uh, you know, what I'm putting into it. I actually am aware of what's going into it, you know, bylaws and stuff like that. But I said, Lord, I need help. And I said, would you send me help? I need wisdom in this area. And because at that time I was a chapter president of a chapter of the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International, uh, 
we would have different speakers that we would invite in. And so uh, the next Wednesday, I had a certain speaker, and he came and spoke, but his brother decided to come along with him. And um, for whatever reason, uh, we decided, hey, let, let, uh, you gave a great, great testimony. Let, let your brother say a few things. So his brother stood up, and he said, uh, uh, my name is so-and-so, and um, his name is Eric. I still remember him very well today. And he said, you know what? He said, I'm, I'm a businessman, but he said, you know, outside of my business, uh, what I'd like to do with my spare time is I just really like helping ministries get incorporated. And I, my, my jaw just about dropped when he said that. And, uh, and he, he would do it at no charge. He would, he would basically say, these are the steps. This is what you need to do. And uh, you could com- communicate back and forth and, uh, and just he would take you through the process. That was his way of being a blessing. And uh, well, I grabbed him as soon as the meeting was over. And I said, hey, you have the wisdom that I've been looking for. And it's inside of you in this particular area. Can you help me set up my uh, ministry and corporation? He said, yes. And he said, Stephen, what I'm going to do with you is you'll fill out the paperwork and, you, you know, you'll, uh, you know, send off the applications and stuff like that. But he said, I'm going to give you the template of one of the world's leading evangelists. And let's base your ministry off of his template. Now we'll tweak some things and customize it and make it fit for you. But he says his, his was so successful and it was done so well that it was done for an international type ministry. And let's do yours the same way. I said, perfect. And I already knew the name. It would be Stephen Brooks International. And because I knew that it wasn't going to be something that was just local, but that would be going to the nations. And so it, it took a while for it to work its way out. And uh, there were some back and forth questions, but all of the answers that I needed were supplied. And so I just had to do the work. I still had to take the steps. I had to fill out all the forms, I had to type it all up and this and that and do my thing and, you know, pay the fees to the state and to the Fed. And eventually it was all done and it was done so well that everything passed. Now there, you know, sometimes the federal government, they will ask you some questions just to dig deeper to make sure you're real. And so I got some of those questions. Some of them were quite technical, but the responses that we were able to generate were, uh, gave proofs and gave evidence that yes, we're already in a sense doing ministry. Uh, and we're moving forward in this direction and it was worded the right way. And he helped me with those things. And all said and done, we passed with flying colors and Every year we do our uh, board of directors meeting and we file all of our minutes. We keep all of that stuff in order. But I'm, I'm happy because I did the work myself with wisdom as my guide by being able to call Eric and present to him and show him everything that really uh, I have a good grasp on all of the bylaws and all of the, the articles of the corporation and things like that. So uh, if you have another company do it for you, a lot of that stuff you don't even really know what's in there. But uh, it was done in a special way. So I'm just saying that wisdom that you need for whatever that situation is, it's going to come to you. And it brings brings, uh, into your life a pleasantness. It makes your life blessed, but it makes life pleasant. Because life can be very difficult. And you may come up against some things that you're like, uh, this is... uh, this is not really my world. Uh, how do I solve this area? Well, it's, trust me, it's somebody's world that really loves it. You may think, well, who would be interested in that? Well, there's somebody 
that would be an expert in that area. So God can cause the wisdom to flow to you. Praise the Lord. And I believe it's coming right now. Well, again, let's just briefly touch upon some of the definitions of wisdom. Wisdom is knowing the right way to go and knowing the right steps to take. Praise God. Uh, Wisdom also can be identified as being the ability to recognize difference. Now, you may think, well, that doesn't sound like wisdom to me. But if you stop and think about it, it's actually a brilliant definition. It's the ability to recognize difference. The difference, first of all, and most importantly, between good and evil. And that was, a, uh, that was something that Solomon had. And that's why he was known as being such a wise man. He could discern between good and evil. And knowing also the difference between right and wrong. Knowing the difference between people knowing the difference between the timing. Is this the time to go for it, or should we wait maybe until the next day when he's had a little more sleep? Yeah, let's wait. So that's wisdom baked into all of that. Wisdom even in knowing the difference between a a person's countenance. You know, stop and think for a moment about Esther going before the king everything is laid on the line. She's laying her life on the line just to go before him when she hasn't been called, but she's willing to do that to save and rescue her people. So she goes before the king and requests of him a banquet where her and Haman are invited, uh, excuse me, and the, and the king, of course, being there. So she wants to host them. Well, they come it actually happens. There's the banquet, there's the king, and there's Haman, so there's a little bitty private uh, banquet, and she's supposed to do the uh, reveal. She's going to reveal, hey, this guy's a, a crook, and he, uh, he's up to no good, and, and all of this, and she doesn't do it. And I used to wonder, why not? What happened? You know what? The Bible doesn't exactly tell us, but she called another banquet for the next day, why? I believe that because wisdom is the ability to discern difference, she discerned that something wasn't right. It's not right. Maybe the king was tired. Maybe he was actually there physically, but he's been busy. He's been working all day, and he's, his mind is just, is ready to, it's just ready to take a break, and he doesn't want anything heavy. And it's just, uh, maybe she sensed that, give it one more day of prayer, because all of the Jews are praying they're fasting and praying, and we, we just it's just not quite right yet. So she recognizes that, and in her wisdom, she asks the king uh, another request. And he says, well, what is, what is it? Up to half of my kingdom. And she says, let's do this again tomorrow. I want to host you and Haman for another special banquet tomorrow. And the king says, okay. And you know what happened on the next day? It was it was the cat jumped out of the bag, so to speak, and she did the great reveal, and Haman was exposed for the fraud uh, and the evil person that he was, and judgment swiftly followed. So it's just having that ability to know difference, and there's a lot of wisdom in that. Praise God. 
Now, wisdom is also the ability to live life skillfully. Thank you, Jesus. You've probably noticed that life is not one-dimensional. In other words, you can have wisdom in one area that's working really good in your life, and in this section of your life, uh, everything's going great. But over here, perhaps in another area, you're floundering, you're struggling. Maybe you're doing great in your career, but your marriage, it's not doing too good. You're going to need wisdom in that area. And if it's something that you don't have, yes, ask God for it. And at the same time, sometimes it's good to talk to those that are doing well in that area. You know, uh, I had a, a, a lady, a good, a good lady, a good woman. Uh, she married some, uh, somebody that everybody uh, that she asked, every minister that she asked, counseled her, do not marry that guy. And uh, well, for whatever reason, she married him anyhow. And um, you know what? Uh, she called me, and this had happened. This had ha- happened several times. Uh, she didn't call us, but she contacted us, and she basically said, "He's he's done it again. He's beat me up again, and I'm I'm bruised all up and down one side of my body, and uh, he almost tore my arm off, and uh, and she was just like uh, beaten really bad." And she said, um, what should I do? Well, I counseled her in that area. My wife and I did that. Um, hey, this is not, this is not right for you to be with the guy that's, you know, you're his punching bag. This, this is not right. And you, God doesn't want you to stay in a scenario like that. Where you're just getting beat up, you know, on a consistent basis. Uh, this was not a one-time anger outburst. This was consistent, physical, violent beatings. And I said, you do not need to be in a marriage like this. And you know what? She had asked one minister what he thought. uh, Should she stay or whatever? And this minister counseled her to submit to this guy. And you know what? I said, well, which minister told you to do that? And she gave me his name. I said, well, he's not even married. That, That minister that's counseling you to stay with a, you know, who's a wife beater, the minister that told you to stay with that guy, he's not even married. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have children. So you're, you're trying to seek wisdom from somebody that uh, has no life experience in this area. Maybe he's read a book or something like that, but it's quite different when you're actually in it. And so um, anyhow, uh, she stayed in the marriage and uh, contacted uh, my wife and I about five months later, after another really bad beating. And uh, I said, Hey, you know, we've tried to help you. So, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to get this figured out through some good counsel. We've tried to give you counsel. You're not listening to us. So, you know, it's just wisdom. Life is not one dimensional. You're going to need the wisdom of God flowing in a way where it's operating in all facets of your life. That's why wisdom also is not just common sense. The woman that was getting beaten, uh, beat up by her husband, um, who also never got a job, he, uh, till this day, it's been years, refuses to get a job, won't work. So um, everything about this guy was wrong from the start, and she married him anyhow, and it's never been good. So, you know, it's just... Uh, wisdom makes scriptural sense. 
And if she would have followed the scriptures, such as the verse, if a man will not work, neither let him eat, if she would have followed scriptural wisdom, she never would have gotten herself into a situation like that in the first place. So we want to stay on the wisdom path. Now, what happens if you wake up one day, you didn't really have wisdom before, and suddenly you realize how valuable the wisdom of God is? Well, you begin to operate in it right where you're at, and it will begin to bring solutions to even what would appear to be the most difficult or complex problems. Uh, and of course, marriage is something even uh, in a situation with physical violences, uh, you still want to try to do all you can. You don't want to ever throw marriage away because marriage is a covenant. Marriage is sacred. Marriage is holy. But that doesn't mean that you allow yourself to become a victim where you're abused like that and done horribly wrong. So um, I just said, hey, look, you need to get uh, yourself and him to uh, counseling with your home church's pastor. Do you know why? She did not want to take him to counseling. She did not want her home church pastor uh, to know that he's actually doing that. It's like she didn't mind if I know, because I'm Pastor Steve, and I'm the, I'm the internet pastor. I'm up in the clouds. I'm not even for real. I'm like a virtual pastor. <laughs> so it's okay if I know, because I'm just on the internet. But the real physical church that she attends, she would never want to go there for counseling because of her pride of not wanting her pastor to know she actually has real-life struggles. Mm, wow. Praise the Lord. The trouble that you get into when you get into pride, um, it's, it's, it's bad. Watch out for pride. King Uzziah was lifted up by the Lord because Uzziah humbled himself, and, and God helped him, and God gave him the most incredible ideas, even for military, ideas to create uh, catapults, to hurl gigantic stones at their enemies, even uh, ideas to create... Uh, uh, you know, very powerful ways to shoot uh, arrows like crossbow style with, you know, superpower and accuracy. And uh, I mean, he was, he was somebody to deal with and he was doing great. And it said, God helped him marvelous, marvelously until, until he got lifted up in pride. And uh, I tell you, if that thing starts floating around, you have to be very careful it's the thing that got Satan, was that awful pride that he had. Mm -mm. Watch out for pride. Be willing to humble yourself quickly, quickly, because the wisdom will not flow uh, to those that are proud. It, it, it's a blockage. So in order to receive this tremendous wisdom, you're going to have to be a person that stays humble and reliant upon the Lord. Humble. Whew, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Wisdom is also the ability to anticipate a consequence. Isn't that amazing? That's a lot to chew on right there. The ability to anticipate a consequence. Not, not just a, a, an easy thing that you can like, oh, hey, this is illegal. If we do this, we might go to jail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, that's anticipating a consequence. But there's also the positive side. If we sow this seed, that means we have the, the right to anticipate a harvest, the consequence of a good harvest. So 
Uh, there's a lot of wisdom in that to be able to predict the future based upon the wisdom of God, the ability to anticipate a consequence. And this wisdom of God, it will always work for you day and night, even when you're sleeping, when you live by it, even when you're sleeping, it's working for you. Did you notice that God's wisdom expressed through His creation is still working? The sun that He created thousands of years ago, it's still, it's still working and doing what it's supposed to do. Oh, Pastor Stephen, God created it billions and billions of years ago. No, if you would have created it billions of years ago, it would, burn, it would have burned up by now, and it wouldn't uh, be doing what it's supposed to be doing. So, well, Pastor Stephen, how do you explain the great age of the universe? Because when God created it, He created it in a mature state. Look, when God created Adam, Adam wasn't rolling around on the, on the floor of the Garden of Eden as a little bitty baby walking around in the Garden of Eden with a diaper on. God created him in a mature state. He created him, and otherwise, uh, with age. When Jesus turned the water into wine, he turned it into the fullness of its mature state that it was supposed to be in. So when God created the universe, he created it with age already baked into it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But man has only been on this planet for 6,000 years. If you believe that man has been uh, here for billions of years and has been working through some type of evolutionary process, you have been lied to. You have been lied to. God created man. Man did not evolve. Man did, let me say this man didn't need to evolve. God created man in his wisdom. And when he created man and woman, it's not like, you know, 2,000 years later, God stopped and said, now hold on a minute. You know what? That nose, I should have turned it upside down. Yeah, I've got it the wrong way. I should have turned it up this way. Well, no, that wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't have been a good idea because every time it rains, maybe you could drown, you know. So that, that's not a good idea. It's not like God one day decided, you know what? I really did a good job on man, but I should have put the kneecaps on the backside of his legs. No, everything was right. There's no need for version 2.0. What God created was perfect, and we're still functioning just fine today. We don't need any further evolvement. That, that, all of that is just a silly lie of the devil. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the sun's still working. We're still working. The moon's still working. Everything is doing what it's supposed to. The earth is still working. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, there's, there's global warming, and there's all of this and all of these troubles. And you know what? It doesn't matter what you know, happens here or there. The earth will keep on working, and God has placed within it the ability to just function. Despite of all of the pollution and all of the junk that we've done to the planet and all of the nuclear warheads we've shot off and all of the radiation we've released and all of the uh, you know, chemicals we've dumped into the oceans, into the earth, it's still working, and it'll keep on going. Now, there will come a day, praise God, we're going to get a new heavens and a new earth, and there will be a fiery cleansing of the entire cosmos and the earth itself. And everything will be brand new. And that's necessary, because there's a lot of junk floating around, not just here, out in space. 
and not just derelict spacecraft or satellites that are no longer being used, but even the airwaves from, uh, you know, uh, secular stations have blasted out all kinds of garbage music, and those radio waves are still going throughout the universe. Well, there's going to be a cleansing of all of that, praise the Lord. But God's Word, God's wisdom is working, and it will always work for you, praise the Lord. Now, one more scripture. Let's go to the Gospel of Mark. Thank you, Lord. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Don't ever devalue the ministry of teaching, because teaching is explaining the Scriptures so that we can understand it and apply it to our lives. Jesus did a lot of teaching. And many hearing Him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? You have to admit, they noticed He had something. They couldn't deny it. They could not sweep it under a rug. They noticed beyond any form of an argument. It had been pointless to argument. You would have revealed yourself as being a fool if you would have even endeavored to argue it. They had to admit that he had something. What did he have? Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter? Now, think about what's going through their minds. They're looking at a man who is displaying wisdom and mighty works on an unparalleled level they've never seen before. And so this is what they're trying to figure out. How did he go from working with a hammer and driving nails? How did he go from that to having this heavyweight ministry that is influencing the nation. It's the talk of the nation. Everybody in the country knows about him. All of the religious leaders know about him. His fame has jumped borders, and they know about him in other countries. How did he go from working with a hammer and a nail, we knew him when he was doing that, to this? How, how did that happen? How did that happen? Well, let's, let's ask ourselves a question. We are aware of the anointing. We are aware of the power element of the Spirit resting on a person. But we have to realize there's more than just the anointing of power. There has to be wisdom that brought that type of astonishment to them. Imagine, imagine if Jesus, if this version of Jesus would have shown up, and he stumbles into the synagogue late, with his beard all unkempt, teeth not brushed, hair not combed, uh, disciples all looking out of order, and uh, all looking haggard and looking like they haven't been well fed, shoes wore out. And imagine Jesus goes in there, hobbles in there, late, confused, and they hand him the scroll. 
and uh, he he wants to read from Isaiah, but he can't find it. Now, uh, uh, where's that book at? Now, I think that's over in the prophetic section, somewhere past the Torah. Let me see if I can find it. They'd have been like, now hold on a minute. We've been hearing reports this guy's the Messiah. There's no way he could be the Messiah. He doesn't have any wisdom. He can't even find the scroll of Isaiah. He, uh, what kind of Messiah doesn't know, the, doesn't know the Torah, doesn't know the Old Testament, doesn't know the prophets? No. He came in there with such wisdom, such exposition of the Scriptures, they're blown away. He came in there sharp, on time, came in there with the anointing, came in there with his men with him, his team with him, and, and they could see order, they could see structure, and they were just like, we've never seen anything like this before. Mm-mm. Wisdom is essential to getting into the mighty works. And what wisdom is this, which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands. You can't perform mighty works and be a clown. You can't get into mighty works and not have your act together and be a, you, you can't do stuff like that and be a goofball. No, wisdom was being displayed consistently through his life by the choices he made, by the decisions that he made, by the steps that he took, and people saw order. What is order? The proper arrangement of things. That was all over Solomon's life, and it was all over the life of Jesus. Plus, Jesus had what Solomon never had, this anointing for ministry, to preach, to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. Power, power works. Mm, Praise God. And plus, of course, yes, He is the Messiah, the Mashiach. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. My friends, wisdom is your portion in Christ. If you feel you're lacking it in any area, or you feel yourself backed into a corner, and perhaps you have been told by those who maybe even would be educated, but they're offering natural advice, and they've told you there's no way out of this. This You're going to have to die from this, or there's no treatment for this addiction. All we can do is drug you up, but you'll never be healed, or you have an incurable condition. Wisdom is scriptural sense, the wisdom of God, and it will get you over any trouble, and it will get you out of any confined space. Woo, praise God. Right now, God is going to release wisdom to you, listen to me, that will outsmart the devil. Mm-mm. Maybe the devil thinks he's got you trapped, he's got you tied up or bound, but the wisdom of God is able to untie you and allow you to walk out singing the praises of the Lord as you go. And I see that your turnaround is at hand. Lift your hands up. I want to pray for a special release of wisdom into your life and into your understanding. Father, I thank you that those that I'm talking to right now, I don't see any Jonas out there. 
these are not those that would be recipients of your wisdom then turn around and go do the exact opposite thing these are those that are crying out for your wisdom saying lord give it to us your wisdom and we will surely hearken and obey so father i pray for a deluge of your wisdom to flood and sweep into their understanding to come into their lives thank you father god and for some you're going to send people to cross their paths that have the wisdom that they need others will have a book come into their life that supplies the wisdom they need others will sit in prayer with their bibles open and the wisdom will distill into their spirit and distill into their understanding and they will begin the search and they'll find what they need thank you father others will receive the wisdom through life examples that will be brought to the memory of their understanding of how others walked in wisdom and it worked for them and they'll be shown that's a pattern a blueprint for you to follow the same route thank you father thank you father now father i pray for those also that you showed me before i sat down to record and share this message that there will be some that will be graced to receive wisdom personally through a visit from the head of the church himself, the Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that he will come and he will release the wisdom that's needed. And there will be a few, there will be a few that will have one of those special moments of having a vision and seeing Christ and Christ speaking and sharing wisdom that is needed for that hour in that moment that situation in their life now father i thank you there's others that will receive a vision and a visit from an angel and just as daniel received the messenger angel gabriel and wisdom was given concerning the end times and concerning what would befall his people, the children of Israel, in the latter days. We thank you, Father. He sought, he sought wisdom. He had questions, and you gave answers. I thank you. There are those that are coming into an appointed moment where an angel will come to them and release wisdom that has come directly from the throne room of heaven, from God himself and the angels, of course. Father, we thank you. They're, they're the messengers. So there will be those that receive this. Now, Father, right now we also, we just, we just bind any false messenger. We also, Father, thank you that we test the spirits. We give you praise. Hallelujah. And we thank you we can test the spirit by asking, did Jesus Christ come in the flesh? And an evil spirit will always say, oh, no, he didn't. So, Father, we thank you that we know Christ came in the flesh. He has already come. Our Messiah has come. And when he comes again, it will not be his first coming, but his second coming. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We open our hearts to receive the wisdom of your word and to walk in the light of it. Thank you, Father. Glory. Glory to God. Uh, there are a few that are watching i sense it's about three percent you're about to make a wrong decision and wisdom is the ability to anticipate a consequence and if you will sit down carefully 
and look even logically at what you're about to do, you will see this cannot work. It simply cannot work. God cannot bless foolishness. So, take the piece of paper and the plan, crumble it up, throw it in the trash can, and forget about it. Don't do it. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you for the joy that wisdom brings, and we thank you for the way that it makes our lives so much smoother and more pleasant. In a world where we are going through, in a sense, the valley of death, where there's so much sin and evil and spiritual death that would be around us, we thank you that we walk in the light of your wisdom, which harmonizes always with your holy word. We thank you, Father, we will not receive the false wisdom of this world, which leads to hell and eternal damnation. We will have nothing to do with the false light. We thank you, Father. If any man presents any other gospel, or any other woman presents any other gospel, let that person be accursed. Let them be damned. Thank you, Father. We cling to your truth and to the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospels, the epistles, we thank you, Father, for the new covenant and the old covenant upon which your word is based. Thank you, Father, for the precious blood of Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We give you praise. Now, Father, we rejoice for the deliverance that your wisdom brings. And we thank you for the answers and solutions. And you're working swiftly. You're working swiftly to bring to the deliverance that has been so desperately sought. And we thank you. We give you all of the praise. Now, we thank you, Father, that along with wisdom, there are corresponding mighty works. Father, for many of your people, they are not called into the ministry, so their works in many ways will not be cleansing lepers, raising the dead, casting out demons, or healing the sick, but there will be mighty works that are proofs of the wisdom that they are operating in. And so I thank you for these mighty works being displayed in their lives. We thank you, Father God, that the wisdom they walk in will produce exploits, mighty works that astonish people and cause them to whisper among themselves, how are they doing that? How did they accomplish that? We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, receive. Receive the wisdom of God. Receive. Hallelujah. Glory of God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. If you're watching today's program, and you've never made Christ 
your Lord and Savior, then my friends, you need to make the choice today of asking Christ into your heart, making that decision. Mm. If you don't do anything, you stay neutral. By default, you are not neutral. You have already chosen to stay in the darkness. So come out of the darkness and step into the wisdom of God by receiving God's Son, Jesus, into your heart right now. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, I accept you now as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. Jesus, thank you for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The angels are rejoicing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's take Holy Communion together. Praise the Lord. Now this wisdom of God is something that we're continually growing in. Praise the Lord. Let's take Holy Communion together. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. And let's pray. Father, we walk in the light of your word by having knowledge of it and then obeying it. And Father, we are instructed to take Holy Communion. Paul the Apostle said, as often as you do this, and so, Father, we can, we can be consistent in doing this often, and we choose to do it twice a week here as a church family, on Sunday morning and on Wednesday morning. So you said as often as you do it. So, Father, we choose to do it. Praise God. Father, thank you for the bread, the juice. We pray over it, and we consecrate it through this prayer and set it apart as holy. So this is now the body and the blood of our Savior. And Father, we thank you that whenever we take it, we proclaim his death until he comes. We proclaim that through his death, we have our redemption because he bore our sins for us when he died for us on Calvary. So we proclaim it and proclaim it and proclaim it every time we take it. Father, thank you for the body of Jesus. Thank you that he died for us so that we can live and enjoy life and walk in the wisdom of your word. We thank you, Father, for wisdom for specific situations and illumination in those areas. We thank you for wholeness in every area of our life. Thank you, Father, we receive the body of Jesus now in his name. Amen. Let's receive. We are walking on the wisdom path. Our steps are ordered of the Lord. There's a direct direction God intends for us to walk. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask that if we have committed any sins, that you would forgive us and wash all of our sins away. And we pray that you would lead us away from temptation and that you would deliver us from the evil one. And we thank you that you will do just that. Father, we give you praise. Thank you 
that we are in right standing with you through the shed blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I see this wisdom flowing into you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I see also apples. Apples can be a symbol of the wisdom of the Lord. Uh, Apples are mentioned in the book of Proverbs as a symbol of wisdom. I see you partaking of the wisdom of God, walking in the light of God's Word. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. Because of this wisdom operating in your life, your tongue will not get you in trouble. Anybody ever said the wrong thing at the wrong time? Praise God. Those days are long over. They're gone. Praise God. The wisdom of God will restrain your tongue, and you'll know, ooh, don't say that, and don't say anything. And there's other times the wisdom is there to speak, and not only will you speak, you will speak the wisdom of God. Praise the Lord. Now, Father, bless your people. This is one of the trademarks of your people that we operate in your kingly, your godly wisdom, not the wisdom of the world that the world operates in, which is sensual and demonic and originates out of the pit, out of hell itself. But we operate in your wisdom. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you as you continue to walk the wisdom path. Bye-bye.